Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield, and it was definitely a week that was trying in many ways. We saw a lot of volatility in the trade, a lot of uh, macros that were affecting. We cannot forget and not focus away from the global side of everything and how that's really had such a strong influence on our trade. But we'll also look at some interesting factors which might bring us some great opportunities for exports as we move forward. We've got that and a lot more to look at on this week's report, so stick around. Imagine a future fueled by soy-based possibilities. A future where creativity and productivity live together under one roof. A future that takes you from point A to point B to point Z all while ensuring brighter tomorrows for our next generation. A soy-based future? It's already here. And welcome back once again. As you can see, we are being joined by Mike Suzlo. Mike is with Global Commodity Analytics and Darren Fessler with Lakefront Futures. And gentlemen, as we look at this, and, and Darren, you and I talked about it on a Friday. Mike, you and I talked about it on a Monday. Uh, the world demand right now and, and the macroeconomics of it all is really weighing in on this trade from a grain and livestock perspective. So, Mike, let's start out with you. Kind of give us your thoughts on this macro world of trade we're in right now. Hey, good to be with you, Susan. You know, I think the market started out the week with the beans trying and the soy meal trying to lead the show. Uh, Argentine supplies are going to be down. That's helping support the idea that the meal demand is going to be up for the United States. We also had some really good exports come back in on the demand front for the soy complex. We didn't have the crude oil on our side though, and that really impacted the soybean oil and the canola oil. And so the soybeans were fighting, uh, trying to go higher, but being pulled back down by the grains because of the crude weakness and taking out of that geopolitical support and, and risk premium that I think we should still keep in the market. Um, late in the session on Friday, it looked as though the trade was coming back around with crude oil coming back up because the Israelis were digging deeper into Gaza. Missiles were being flown into uh, Tel Aviv by Hezbollah. Um, and then we saw the, the Chinese market maybe play a bigger role in terms of what were the biggest gainers were. Copper, hogs, soybeans, that pork and bean trade seemed to come back together. And I'm wondering going into next week whether that's where we kind of pick it up at is Middle East and crude oil. And then what happens with the soy complex? We, we got above last week's close in Nove Beans. We didn't stay above it. That's a bit of a technical negative, and, and especially given that we're going into first notice day early next week on November futures. Darren, what about for you on this macros of the trade right now? Yeah, I think Mike did a good job of highlighting a lot of things that I'm looking at, too. I mean, I thought going into this weekend, you know, the overnight news uh, with in, in the Middle East, I thought that maybe that would get crude oil rocking and rolling more so than it has so far this week. I mean, it seems like crude oil has ignored all those headlines thus far. I do think there should be more risk premium built into the oil market. Now, obviously, I'm watching the South American develop. It seems like there's a, a, a story of two different weather patterns in Brazil right now, lower Brazil, southern Brazil, getting a lot of rain, excessive rains. Northern Brazil, not so much. we got to watch Argentina. Argentina is getting some nice rainfall, but they don't have the supply in beans. So we're watching that very, very close with how it relates to the meal. I do think meal market was pushing the, the, the U.S. bean market higher here in Friday's trade, at least. 
So then what does this whole thing with ADM CEO have to do with what we're seeing in Bean Crush? Yeah, I mean, he had some comments on his conference call this week saying about, you know, how they got some of their spirit wood. I believe it's their North Dakota plant that's going to become more online here or fully operational next month. And then he had the comment that, you know, they anticipate Argentina to be out of beans in November, which that kind of really got maybe this meal market really more so going this week, really take out some highs. Uh, we haven't spent much time on at least the front month meal, about 425, and we, we really crushed it here today and pulled off the highs here, but still a solid weekend meal. Mike, what are you hearing from, from your contacts in South America when it comes to not only weather that Darren just mentioned and everything with this whole bean crush issue? Yeah, I, I like the way Darren framed the South American weather. What I told clients at the end of this week, Susan, was I always kind of look at the markets, what's changed, what's not changed. We haven't lost the wheat market as far as the leader to the downside and, and, and the, the, the real problem in this market. We, we have, though, seen a shift in the weather in South America, a more price negative, a more bearish shift, if you will, with rains coming in. And my rule of thumb with South America, because of their lighter soils, especially Brazil, is you really can't have too much rain unless you pile on right after planting and wash out a ton of fields. And so I'm kind of on notice now that you want to use this rally to get farther along on 23 sales defend them with the with the options in the futures and then start looking at 24 sales 1275 13 and a quarter is kind of a red zone for me for 24 sales we got into the 1275 lower end of that range uh friday as we uh, got into the highs of the day so i i don't want to lose sight of the beans leading this market higher but are they leading them higher for the right reasons or not and that's where the chinese crush margins are so negative right now and their bean purchases have been so strong uh, with Brazil, I think they're up to 95 cargos between now and the end of November at this point that, you know, the demand side of the equation is going to be a lot tougher sledding for the United States the next three months, if you ask me. All right. You brought up China. Let's let's focus on that for a moment. Talk about as we close out this week, China, the lows, the factors that are happening in variety of not just agriculture. Yeah, for me, I, I think it really goes back to the, the President Xi has moved from opening up in a market economy to a command economy and more stereotypical of a communist nation, top-down management. Um, he's run that dog and that dog won't hunt anymore. And now he's coming back around. I think the trade's trying to sniff out the idea that he's gonna have to buckle and come in with the market type of economy again. He's made some moves already. Um, so that's really where it goes back to the currency markets. Brazilian real, another big feature Friday, Susan, six week high in that currency against the U.S. dollar. So that, I think the macros will stay with us, especially with the Federal Reserve coming out next week as well. Oh, that'll always make for a fun marketing week, gentlemen. What are your what are your thoughts, uh, Darren? As you you made a comment um, to me during Friday's uh, channel final bell was try to ignore the noise. And I think that is probably one of the biggest takeaway statements uh, of this week's marketing trade. Yeah, it, it, it well, the noise anytime, really. I, I think there's a lot of times where producers, they, they, hear, they hear the story about weather in, in South America. And, and to me, when I, when I think about that, I mean, it seems like our markets always react a little bit more quickly to South American news. And, and, and like Mike had said, I, I, it's music to my ears, because I think if you look at the margins next year, you look at, 
you, the FOB export prices, you look at how competitive Brazil is in Brazil, if they don't have a weather issue, if Argentina doesn't have another weather, weather issue, we're kind of the back burner market. We need to be scaling into sales on 24 corn, 24 beans. When we get these rallies, I think these rallies have just given our the global macro picture. And we still have not talked about what China and Taiwan, if something does happen there, what what is the risk that we have for our U.S. markets here? We got to be sellers. We can always try to defend these sales later on. But I'd rather make that sale, lock in some good margins here and defend it later. What is what is your spin, Mike? When you and I talked on Monday, it was a big struggle for this cattle market. We saw a, a decent day on Wednesday, and then again another struggle. But to finish the week in a positive, what's your what's your big outlook picture on this cattle trade? Equities came back um, to a degree. Um, they at least flattened out. They weren't making two percent losses in the S and P five hundred, which that's a big deal. Um, for me, because we might be on the verge of some rotation out of equities and into bonds. I think that may be the key to unlocking the wheat bowl or at least the wheat recovery. But going back to cattle, we had the cold storage report, 20% less year to date on beef, 14% uh, less on pork. And then we had the uh, uh, weekly export sales in beef, uh, very strong against the four week average with China, I think our number two buyer. These two supply demand fundamentals, I think Susan, kind of helped erase that negative cattle on feed report and the market wanted to make a turn and see where it could take them. And it, it failed miserably on midweek, as you say, but on Friday with some cash underneath us, I think it really got to a point where uh, the trade was ready to take in some more new longs. Um, gaps are above the market in the deferred uh, cattle markets like the April 24th. So it's something to be really watching for. So we are a week out from this cattle on feed report. And we it's kind of nice that I got to hear both of your perspectives on it at the beginning and at the end of the week. And as we look at these numbers, there's still so much discussion about this heifer uh, numbers and heifers going into the feedlots. Do you think there's some discrepancy? Either one of you can uh, jump in on this one that we might see changes um, coming out in, in November's report. I, I certainly think there's going to be some change in the feed and residual numbers. I don't know how there can't be at this at this point. And I think that's going to be friendly corn, at least on that number alone. But again, I think that when I when I take a like a gut reaction to the cattle on feed last Friday, it felt like, well, we or all of a sudden we didn't have cattle and all of a sudden we do have cattle. It seemed like that turnaround was really like too quick. Um, so that's kind of the my just. I do I do think there's probably going to be some maybe some revisions here coming with certain things, and maybe that is the cold storage number. I mean, that seemed like it was more friendly, kind of seemed like it negated a lot of the cattle on feed numbers. And again, you do have the equity turn in markets. You do have the equity turn later on in the week in the Chinese markets as well. So again, I do think that the cattle has been excessively oversold here, and I do think there's probably some bottom fishers coming in here later on in the week. And, yeah. and Mike, for you? Yeah, from my perspective, I think the dairy side of the equation is oftentimes what we miss in the markets as far as the analytical side. And USDA made a point of the dairy liquidation because there's too much milk and not enough demand at this point because of the seesaw that we always see in the dairy. And I think that's number one on my list. And I, I buy into the on-feed numbers. I buy into the placements numbers. Um, the, the other thing I think, Susan, we oftentimes miss, and this was 2014, 2015, a big thing that I learned when I went back and, and looked at 2014, 15 and remembered was the imports just skyrocketed for beef. And Australia is liquidating their herd because of drought. A bears talked about that, that they're the equivalent of, you know, the NOAA or the, the USDA's uh, CPC, um, uh, National Weather Service in Australia. They, they are talking about herd wheat production 
and liquidation in the cattle herd. And they're salivating at getting imports of beef into the United States, uh, as is Brazil. So we've really got to think about that as we go back up in these markets. Great conversation, guys. Appreciate you joining us on this on this weekend report. Thank you. Thanks, Susan. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup.